glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you came out on a Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Amen. We have over the last, uh, well, actually since the beginning of the year, uh, this is referred to as our, here at Word of Victory, anyway, this is referred to as the year of the overcomer. Praise God. Amen. And so we are, uh, we have been teaching on overcoming. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Because we are overcomers. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not victims. We're victors. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not, you know, just looking and, uh, you know, just, you know, maybe just looking to maintain or just, uh, you know, just maintain or survive. We're here to thrive. Amen. In fact, we even sang a song on that today. Amen. We are here to thrive. Amen. So with that said, we're going to go to a key verse uh, out of 1 John chapter 5, please. 1 John chapter 5. We'll just kind of do a little brief, uh, you know, uh, review here and then move into what we have for you today. For whatever is born of God, everybody say whatever. Whatever Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, all right? Whatever is born of God or from God or out of God, amen, means to procreate, all right, or conceive, bring forth, okay, made from. So whatever is, is born of God overcomes the world, amen. Now, this word here, overcome, nakeo, okay, means to subdue. It conquers, it prevails. It gets or gains a decisive victory. Amen. That's what that word overcome means. Amen. So whatever is born of God or from God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. That word there, Nike. Okay. Comes from the same root word as overcome, but it's the word Nike. Okay. That's where you get Nike shoes. He's pretty smart by naming his, amen, his shoe company after, amen, victory. Amen. Amen. That's the way to do it. Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, Nike, all right, means conquest or triumph. It means a means of success, a means of a breakthrough or to progress, all right? And so this is the victory. This is the means of our success. What is it? Amen. How do we overcome the world with what? Our faith, amen, through through your believing, through your confidence, your reliance, your dependence, amen, through you trusting in God, amen, it begins to gain you a victory, amen. Now, whatever is born of God. Now, in fact, let's put verse uh, 5 up there, put verse 5, and then it says, who is he who overcomes? Now it makes it personal. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he, what, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So is there anybody here know Jesus? Yeah. Let's try that one more time. Anybody in here know Jesus? Yeah. Is anybody in here grateful they know Jesus? Yeah. Is there anybody in here heaven bound? Yeah. All right, well, then that means you. So that means that you're an overcomer. Why? Because you've been born of God, right? And so you have the overcoming spirit on the inside, the greater one. 1 John 4, 4 tells us, praise God, that you are of God, little children, and you've overcome them. Why? Because... He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, praise God. Which means you got overcoming ability on the inside, praise God. See, you've been born of God, amen. But that verse back there in chapter 5, verse 4, says whatever is born of God. So it isn't just referring to just you as an overcomer. Anything that's been birthed out of God, born from God, it all has overcoming ability. all has triumph in its DNA. Amen. It's just kind of in there. You know what I mean? 
And so we've been every week coming at you from different things, different avenues concerning the whatever is born of God. Talking about things like the Word of God, the armor of God, amen, the Spirit of God. That's what we've been focusing on the last month here. And I want to talk some more about the Spirit of God. But with that said, let's put uh, where we ended last week out of Romans 8. Uh, verse uh, uh, 37, there it is, amen, we kind of we dove into part of Romans 8 last week, because Romans 8 really is about uh, the movement of the Spirit in your life, it's about submitting and yielding yourself uh, to, to live according to the Spirit, amen, and then starts talking about how you can do that, amen, and so we dove into that quite a bit last week, and, and then kind of, this is where you kind of end up in that chapter, that yet, in all these things, well, what things are you talking about? In context, he's dealing with all these daily things, all these things that, are, that try to pressure you or war against you or push against you. Those things that just try to, try to make life a little bit more difficult, that try to come at you on a daily basis. He said this, that even though all these things are pushing on you, even though all this stuff's trying to knock you down, you got the Spirit of God to draw from. And because of that, in the midst of all these things, we are still more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Give the Lord a praise like you mean it today. Amen. Now, this word conqueror here is the same Greek word as the word overcomer. Okay? All right? So you are, you are an overcomer. You're more than an... I love that. You're more than an overcomer. I said you're more than an overcomer. Somebody at one time used it as an illustration. You know what that more than an overcomer means, more than a conqueror means. He says, you know, the, uh, you, got a, you got a couple fighters out there battling for the, uh, for the belt, you know, uh, in the, maybe the, uh, you know, one of the, uh, we'll say the heavy, heavyweight uh, champion of the world. The two are going at it, and they, they go at it for, you know, how many rounds, 12 rounds, whatever it is, you know, and they're going at it. And, well, only one's going to come out of there the victor. Come on, somebody. Only one's going to win it. Amen. They both fought hard for it, but only one wins it. Come on now. And so uh, that, that, that gentleman who won it, he's, the, he's crowned the victor. Isn't that good? He's crowned the victor. But then he goes home, or the conqueror, amen. And he goes home, and the wife says, where's the chick? <laughs> what is she? She's more than a conqueror. Hey, I'm telling you, this is the truth. Because who conquered all, who conquered everything for you? Jesus, what did you do to get it, really? Other than just believe through your faith, through your confidence in Him. All you did was believe, and everything He did, amen, was handed to you. The victory, the success, the triumph, praise God, hallelujah, being more than a conqueror, a world overcomer. All the price was paid, amen, by Jesus, amen. And He turns around and hands you the keys and says, here you go, you can have what you want. That makes you more than a conqueror, amen. Amen, praise the Lord. Well, praise God. So today, we're going to go uh, into 2 Corinthians, and we're going to still talk some more about uh, the working of the Spirit of God in our life, and uh, just want to kind of, kind of, in a sense, come at this thing from a little bit different angle today, and then uh, maybe even before we're done here today, kind of do a little bit, bring up a few other things that was touched on over the last month here, just throwing them in the mix here a little bit, kind of bringing a rounded uh, blend or a balance of everything we've been talking about concerning the Spirit of God. Amen. And verse uh, 4, 
uh, of 2 Corinthians in 3. So let me maybe get to it here in my, my Bible too here. Amen. Are you doing good today? Yes. Now we don't want to bore you today, so we want to make sure you get something. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. So here we go. And we have such trust, such confidence, such reliance, such dependence, such, we can say such faith through Christ. Amen. Everybody say through Christ. Remember, because he, he's the one that made the way, right? So it's through Christ, but it's toward God, toward the Father. Amen. We have such trust through Christ toward God. Verse 5, please. Amen. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think, anything, uh, to think of anything as being from ourselves. That word uh, sufficient here, uh, it means... Uh, Competent uh, means fit or able, okay? So not that we are competent or fit or able of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. Now, this is key because, you know, uh, you know as we're moving along, uh, especially what we have for you today, uh, dealing with this thing, one of the problems that we have, uh, especially as children of God, uh, even though we have access to all the resources of heaven, even though we have access, amen, to, to the help of the Holy Spirit at any moment, any given time, amen. Praise the Lord, He don't sleep. Come on now, right? I mean, we have access to all of this, and yet here we are most of the time in our walk trying to do everything in our own ability, in our own strength, in our own power. And we get wore out. Come on now. Get beat down. Come on now. Pretty soon it's like, oh, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. Don't know if I can just keep, uh, man, it's so hard to be a Christian. Well, it is when you're trying to do it on your own. Come on now. So he says, not that we are sufficient or able or competent of ourselves to think of anything as even being from ourselves, but our sufficiency, our adequacy, amen, our ability is where? It's from God. Isn't that where it's from? It's from God. Amen. So uh, this word here, um, sufficiency, a little bit different. It's so kind of similar, uh, you know, as the word sufficient, a little similar as far as the uh, same root word, uh, but it also means dependency or source of sufficiency. All right. Now, how many know God is your source of sufficiency? No matter it is, whatever it is, your ability, whatever it is you need, your dependence, whatever it is that you need, amen, to move, to function, to do what you got to do. You know, God asks you to, uh, God asks you to be the best, the best father you can be, Rick, but he ain't asking you to do that in your own power. Kathy, he's asking you to be the best mother you can be. We could say grandmother and grandfather. You're awful young for grandparents. <laughs> You can pay me later. Huh? How about this? A child of God. Service. These both serve. They've been elders in our church for a lot of years. They've served in this ministry for a lot of years. And they will probably continue to do that till the Lord returns. Give me an amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, God hasn't asked Rick and Kathy to do this in their own strength. There's things required of them. Certain things, if, you know, if you're going to fulfill in a certain uh, role within a ministry, within just, you know, in the body of Christ, there's going to be things required, things expected, 
Come on. Am I right? doesn't matter who we're talking about. I could take anybody in the room and say, all right, you know, let's look at your life. What is it you're required of God to do, to live, to walk? But He's never, will He ever require of any of us to do anything. Amen. Any of any of it. Any of any, I don't know if that's even proper English, but you get the point. Any of it without His ability, His strength, without Him providing the, the goods necessary to fulfill it. Are you still with me? That's how this works. All right, now hang on to this. Okay, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. All right, hang on now. Verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Now, that's every one of us, all right? We're all called uh, to be ministers of the new covenant. Uh, the Word says that we're, uh, that we're ministers uh, you know, of, of uh, you know, we're, 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 we bring in, wherever we go, we, we shine, we're the light, we're the salt, amen, hallelujah, and according to the scriptures, we are, we are ministers of the new covenant, amen. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is called to the ministry, but we're all some way or another part of the ministry, amen, in some facet or another. Are you still with me? We might not be a part of the five-fold ministry, you know, as far as a pastor, a prophet, evangelist, uh, you know, uh, whatever the rest of them, teacher or apostle, all right? We may not be one of the part of the five-fold ministry, but we're all called to the ministry. Does that make sense? All right, now, so we're all sufficient. In other words, we have all what it takes as ministers, and it says this, of the new covenant. Everybody say the new covenant. There's two covenants, right? Old and new, right? Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, the new covenant, of course, comes into being because of Jesus. So it's a whole new covenant established on better promises, the Scripture says. Amen. And so this new covenant, amen, is different than the old covenant. Doesn't, make, doesn't mean the old one's bad. It just means the new one's better. It doesn't reject the old one. Or negate the old one. But what it does is we have a new and better covenant based on what Jesus did for us. That's why we can say that our sufficiency is from Him. Okay, now listen, this all, all makes sense here. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Okay? So let's define that a little bit because that's kind of what we're going to, that's our springboard today, coming off this today. Are you doing okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, the word letter here, okay, uh, grammar is, is the word, G-R-A-M-M-A. -A. Uh, I'm assuming that's where we get our word grammar. Could be wrong. I don't think it's grandma. <laughs> but anyway, it's grammar is, is the word. And it means a writing. So this word letter means a writing. Uh, a letter or a, an epistle written, okay, uh, like what you have here, uh, you have, uh, you know, we're reading out of, of, of uh, an epistle, okay. Second Corinthians is an epistle from Paul, amen, by the Spirit of God, amen, penned for you and me, amen, a letter that's been written for the churches, amen. Uh, this particular letter was originally written to the church of Corinth, come on, an epistle, all right. Now listen, so it is speaks of something written, all right, something that's been uh, wrote down, a writing, a letter, an epistle, a book. We have a book. Come on. 
Scripture it even means. Now hang on. Okay? It means a written, it speaks of written requirements. So that word letter is talking about things that have been written down concerning requirements made, the scriptures, come on now, but the spirit, amen. Now we defined the word spirit, you know, months back, or a month back, I should say, and uh, or, uh, pardon me, uh, services back. And so uh, pneuma is the word spirit, means breath. The breath of life speaks of stuff like the current of air or, or movement of air or a blast of air, okay, which means a vital principle. In other words, we're trying to say is this breath of air, this current of air, this, this movement of air, amen, that's coming from God is vital. Everybody say vital. vital. All right, is the key element, operative cause out from what's being breathed. In other words, you have to live off what's being breathed. That's what it means. So when we're talking about the spirit. Now, Got to, got to define all this. Because why? Because then it says the letter kills. Somebody says, well, it's just talking about the Old Covenant. It isn't just dealing with the Old Covenant. He's trying to give you the balance. I want you to hear this. He's trying to give you the balance between the Old Covenant and New Covenant in this text. But I want you to know we got New Covenant believers still living by the letter. So he's trying to first give you the principle... The difference between the letter and the spirit. Are you still with me? The letter in itself, it can be a, a wonderful thing. The scripture even says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Woo! But what makes it living and powerful? <laughs> it's when it's breathed. Are you hearing me? Not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills. The word kills there means to take life. As you see, the Spirit gives life, but the letter takes life. All right? It also means that word to take or to, uh, to kill. Uh, also, let's see here. Did I got it in my notes. Maybe I do here. Uh, let's see if I thought I put it in here. Oh, to, uh, to deplete. To take or deplete life. Are you still with me? I'm trying to help you here because we're new covenant believers with the greater one on the inside. We have at our disposal the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the armor of God. Uh, come on. The presence of God. We can go on and on and on of all the resources that we have given to us based on what Christ did for us. Amen. And still trying to live by the letter and not live by the Spirit. So you telling me, Pastor, that we don't need the Word? No, I'm telling you, you need the Word. But the Word works best when you're letting God breathe into you while you're meditating on it and, and into it. Because what else happens if we're not cautious, pretty soon we're trying to live by the letter of the law. Come on, somebody. Written requirements, and all the Word becomes is a bunch of do's and don'ts. And pretty soon we get ritualistic. Come on. And we miss the life that's in the Word. We miss the life that we have in Christ. So the Spirit of God is there for a reason. That as you're taking time in the Word of God, amen, 
that you're allowing God to breathe into you, amen, and give you fresh insight, amen, help you with this thing. So the idea is to take it from a, what the, uh, the, the Greek word is logos, something that's been written, put here for you, amen, something that was breathed and then recorded to something, praise God, that turns into a thing called rhema, something given breath. So what we have to do is take this word, and we want this word to begin to, amen, to work in us like it should, but the way it works the best, as well as you're meditating on and taking this in, you're letting God breathe into you and show you things, amen. Otherwise, it just becomes a list of do's and don'ts. And believe me, we can find a few lists in here. Love suffers long. Oh, my God. Love is kind. Even to him? Yes, even to him. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things. In other words, believes the best. Hopes all things. Amen. Has, Has a high expectation for things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Now, that's a list. And if you don't have the Spirit of God working in you, it becomes a list of do's and don'ts. And about halfway into your day, you realize, I can't live this. There is no way I can do this. You're right. You cannot do this in your own sufficiency. But by the Spirit of God, we all can live this. We can walk this. And we can get results from this, praise God, just like the Word of God says we can. Can I hear a big amen? amen? How many lists should I read you today? There's all kinds of lists in here. All kinds of lists in here of how to live, how to walk, how to function, how to do this thing right. Let's talk about marriage. Husbands, come on. Love that woman like Christ loved the church. And all the ladies said, it isn't hard for a woman to submit herself to a man that loves her like Christ loves the church. But husband, you, but pastor, you don't know my wife. She's ornery. She has issues. In fact, her issues have issues. Well, you know, in yourself, to love her as Christ loves the church is going to take the working of the Spirit involved with that word that you've heard. Well, then, you know, he starts trying to get it right, and he may not even be there yet. But then, wives, oh, now you got to honor that guy. Oh, my gosh. Got to honor him and love him and submit. I don't, something's wrong with that word. You know, when you see it, all 
working alongside of the Spirit of God, breathing in you the whole time. There ain't nothing wrong with any of those words. And they all work. And the promise that comes out of that is a marriage that's fulfilling. Come on, somebody. A marriage that works. A marriage that produces life. Amen. A marriage that can be envied by the world. Come on, somebody. That's the facts. Now, that's a list. What else should we talk about? Finance. Hey! There's all kinds of lists concerning finance. If you want things working in your life concerning financially, there's ways to do that. We say, well, Pastor, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't do all that. Well, with God breathing into you, and all of a sudden that word comes alive. Why? Because of the breath of God breathing while you're making grabbing hold of that. It doesn't seem so impossible anymore. And all of a sudden, the way it starts clicking and working just like the Word said it will. Why? Because it's working on the inside, coming alive on the inside. Why? Because along with the written Word, amen, comes the breath of God, amen, and all of a sudden that, that Logos Word manifests itself into a rhema word, a word that's been revealed, made to breathe on its own, praise God, and it produces just like it should. Come on, give the Lord a praise, somebody. Amen. Now... All right, so, praise God. So, let's put that uh, reference back up there again. Uh, verse, what is it? Verse 6, I believe it is. Amen. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Not uh, Why? Because the letter kills or it takes life, come on, or depletes life. Come on, right? Yeah, you know, that's, that's sometimes that's, that right there is a tale for you and me. You start feeling like life is de- being depleted, you're doing it wrong. Anybody hearing me? If, if you feel like you be, you know, you're taking this word, you're trying to move forward in God, trying to live this, this Christian thing, and yet you feel like, what are you doing? Serving God. Wow, you look like, I know, it's, it's serving God stuff. I, I'm just telling you, you're doing it wrong. Because if, it should never do that. It should be bringing life, not, amen, come on, not depleting life. Come on now, right? So if it's depleting life, then we're living more by the letter than we are by the Spirit. New covenant way, we live by the Spirit. Doesn't take away the Word. Doesn't uh, 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 negate the Word. It's all, it's all just how it works. If you want to do this right, amen, you got to do it by the Spirit, praise God. Amen. Uh, put uh, John 6 and 63. Just put, throw that reference up there, if you will. John 6 and 63, please. Jesus said this, It is the Spirit who gives life. Huh? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. In other words, you try to do everything in your own strength, and it's... You're, pretty soon, you're, you're without strength. You're, re- you're without energy. You're without life. Okay? So I was trying to do everything in your own power. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work. The words that I speak, and by the way, that word, word there, is the word rhema. Words that are revealed, those, those revealed words that I'm, I'm declaring to you, amen, are spirit and they are life. In other words, you hook up with him while you're grabbing hold of this word. Sometimes you I just want to throw this out here, okay? Sometimes it ain't how much word you read. 
It's how much of it's coming alive while you're reading it. You can do more with one verse that comes alive. Now, I didn't tell you now to just stop reading your Bible. Give you an excuse like, ah, Pastor, I don't like to read a verse a day. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I like what he does. That's just one verse. Hallelujah. Well, if you get it alive, you might be amazed what it does. Come on now. But the point is this. It ain't a matter of, you know, I make sure I'm, I'm going to read it all in, in one week. Well, that's wonderful. Come on now. You know, I'm not, you know, you... Anybody ever have a one-year Bible? Now, some of you are going, okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with one-year Bible. Amen. Amen. You're stuck on what? February? You're still stuck on February? Okay. Amen. Actually, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're getting something out of it. Come on now, right? But the point is this, okay? I'm not trying to take away your one-year Bibles. I'm just trying to tell you this, okay? The idea is to get it working in you. The idea is to get it alive in you. You can be amazed that when you spend the time taking that word of God and you're communing with the Father at the time, you're talking, amen, you're letting him speak into you, you're taking that thing and you're just allowing that thing to unfold. And I guarantee you, the more you do that, the more that thing comes alive. And guess what? This living, living this Christian life doesn't become a drag. Doesn't become a bore. Come on, somebody. Doesn't become a lifeless thing. But now all of a sudden, praise God, I mean, come on now. I mean, we all know once we get to heaven, it's going to be a blast. Amen. He didn't say you got to have a dreary, miserable life on the way there. This should be just as much alive and just as much fun serving God, amen, as it is by the time you get there. You ought to already have it all down, praise God. So when you get there in heaven, because see, for some of you, see, life as a Christian, just like you kind of just kind of dragging along, you know. And then someday you're going to step into heaven. You're going to stand the first year or so. You're just going to do this. <laughs> and you're going to wonder, I didn't know this was all available. And God says the whole time, God's trying to tell us the whole time, everything is there, all of heaven's resources. Jesus even said that in the model prayer, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because... All of heaven's resources are readily available to the children of God because of what Jesus did. Amen. Paid a price. Come on. So you could have it. I thought I'd get a little more movement out of y'all now. Amen. That's, that's a good promise, right? So that's why we pray that because all of it's readily available. Amen. So we don't want to get to heaven someday and go, man, I could have had that. Yeah, you could have had all that, praise God. Amen. Now, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, when you get to heaven, I guarantee you, no matter how much you, you, you're moving toward this thing on earth, you know, I guarantee you it's probably going to be a step up. Come on, somebody. Moving on up. <laughs> yeah, come on. Amen, I guarantee you. But, amen, we should never live this life, amen, this life in God as a lifeless thing. It ought to be coming more alive to us every day. Well, the only way that's going to happen is you've got to get the Spirit involved. Are you still with me today? Put uh, Galatians 5. I've got a reference there. Uh, Galatians uh, 5, and I believe it's like 25, I believe it is. Uh, let's see. No, go to, I think it's 5. I want to say 525. I want to say that. Galatians, do you have that reference there? Please throw that up there. All right. All right. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. All right? Now, the word live here, the first word here, to live in the Spirit, means if we're going to conduct life in the Spirit, if we're going to live according to the Spirit, 
We also uh, saw that a little bit in Romans 8 last week. I mean, if you're going to live this life, this Christian life in the Spirit or according to the Spirit, then we have to also walk in the Spirit. All right? The word walk there means to keep step. All right? So in other words, if you're going to live this thing, then you've got to stay connected. Amen. Let's try that again. If you're going to live this thing, then the way to live it is stay connected to the Spirit of God. He's not asking you to live according to the Spirit without the Spirit's help. Amen. So just the things we've been talking about over the last month here, you know, praying in the Spirit and, and just taking this and communing with God and let the Spirit of God breathe fresh things into you on a daily basis. Amen. It's amazing. You know, just because uh, God breathed life into Adam and he became a living being doesn't mean he stopped breathing into Adam. You get into the next chapter, he's still breathing life into them every day. He wants to walk with them in the cool of the day, communing and fellowshipping, literally means breathing into them. Amen. God wants to breathe into you every day. Praise God. Amen. He's not holding back. He's not, he's not teasing you, putting some kind of carrot in front of you. God wants to commune with you on a daily basis. The patriarchs of faith, those who did, went on to do great things that are recorded in our, our book as patriarchs of faith, amen, who did something with their faith, they all had this in common. The word said they walked with God. Every one of them. Well, they, they communed with God. They fellowshiped with God. They talked. They kept step with God. They would talk to God like he was a friend. Amen. The word said about Abraham, what made him so special to God was he, he became the friend of God. Amen. What made David a man after his own heart was his relationship with God. Anybody hearing me? What made Daniel the man of God, the, the man of excellence, the ten times better spirit man, what made that man different was his relationship, his communing and fellowshipping with God. Amen. And then we come into a new covenant, and Jesus, the Word said, made a way that everybody can have this spirit, have this working in them. And then we go on and try to live like the old covenant through a writ, uh, writing of, of you know, do's and don'ts, a letter of requirements, thinking that's how God wants it. The other day I was in the gym, and somebody was saying something there in the gym. They were talking some Jesus stuff in there, and, and I don't always get involved with everybody's conversation. I, usually when I go to the gym, I'm there to work out. Leave me alone. Let me sweat in private, please. Thank you. Just, just a thought I'm having. But anyway, so I'm interdoing it, but there was a couple guys going at it, and you heard some things being said, and, and it's about how God's mad and upset and beating on people and taking things away, and God don't, God don't do none of that mess. You're doing it. Come on. God, don't, God doesn't put something out there and then take it back from you. God says it's all available. If you, do, if you walk that and live this and breathe in this, this will all work for you. Right. You don't, the devil just comes in and takes. And he keeps stealing. And he gets away with it. Then we turn around and say, God did it. And the devil's going... <laughs> Has a heyday laughing at Christians. It's got to be comical. They have everything, all, all, all resources at their disposal. Any given time, they say, devil, come here. Poof. Shut up. 
Get thee behind me. Take authority and dominion. And we go on, let him sneak into the house and take everything he wants. Takes our marriage, takes our health, takes our finance, takes our relationships, destroys and, uh, our families. And, and we just stand back and wonder why, where God is. And the whole time God says, I've never changed my residence. I'm right here. You can talk with me, commune with me every day, and I'll walk you through this thing. I'll show you how to do it. Come on now. And so we go along, and we still live by the letter instead of live by the Spirit. And so it's a letter of, re uh, of requirements, a bunch of do's and don'ts to you. And after about halfway into that, you realize your do's are hard. They're just nothing but don'ts. Come on, somebody. And it's no different than living the old covenant. And then we're full of guilt, shame, and condemnation because we can't live the do's. Or we can't do away with the don'ts. And the whole time the Spirit of God is trying to breathe in you to show you how to do this and how to live this, praise God. Not on your own power, not on your own ability. Amen. He wants to speak into you and walk you through this thing, praise God. So there won't be guilt. There won't be shame. There won't be condemnation. There won't be destruction. There won't be the stealing, killing, and destroying that the enemy uh, tries to bring in. Instead, you'll have the life and life more abundant that Jesus promised. Praise God. Somebody give God praise in this house. Hallelujah. We live by the Spirit. We draw from the breath of God every day. And if we do that, we can walk this thing. Amen. Just like we're supposed to, praise God. It isn't a bunch of strain. It isn't a bunch of struggle. Are you still with me? All right. We're in Galatians. Let's go to Galatians uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 4 now. Now put that verse up, if you will. I'm shifting gears a little bit. But we're going to see this same thing working. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt, now this is a letter to the church. To the, the original letter was written to the church of Galatia, which has now been recorded for you and me. So now it's a letter to us, the church. You with me? You have been estranged from Christ, okay? Um, let me get my thing. I don't think I have it in my, I might have it written in this one here, but what does that word mean? Okay, estranged, okay? In other words, you've been driven off, okay? Separated, okay? You become somehow separate, somehow been uh, made now a stranger almost in, in some ways. It kind of, so you become, look at estranged. You, you, you have become estranged from Christ. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law. Just means to do everything in your own. All the word is to you is a, is, a, is, a, is a requirement. All the word is to you is do's and don'ts. So now you're just trying to do the do's and not do the don'ts. And, and somehow thinking that's what's going to make things right between you and God. And the whole time God says everything's already made right between me and you already. What are you trying to, what are you trying to earn here? What are you trying to make different? What, are you trying to earn my love? Yeah, I've already given on you my love. I don't have any more love to give you than what I've already given you. Come on, somebody. You, you've already been accepted. Why are you trying to try to be accepted? You're already accepted. But you're here working things, thinking that's the only way to be justified or made right. 
Because you're attempting to somehow make yourself right by a code of requirements. And it says then, if you do that, now you've fallen from this thing called grace. The word fallen means to be literally be driven off course from a thing called grace. Now, grace can be uh, misunderstood in a lot of ways. A lot of, most of the time, people define grace uh, as mercy. Grace isn't you go do what you want to do and get away with it. Come on. A lot of people think that's what grace means. Grace means that everything I've done, God's, God's you know, covered it. No, you're actually thinking of mercy. That's mercy. God's merciful to you because of what you've done. He's still merciful to you. Grace is a different thing. It's an empowerment. Grace means a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That's what it means. It is a gift, an endowment, but it means literally, a, if you just look it up in a concordance, it means a divine, in other words, a God influence. Somehow God, has, you've given God the opportunity to influence. Okay? How, how does pastor influence you? How does pastor, me, me, influence you? Preaching, teaching. Now, I, I preach and teach all the time, and there's a lot of people not being influenced. I, I preach just about every day. Okay, example's good. But see, I live it every day. Come on, somebody. And there's a lot of people still not being changed. Why is that? Not receiving, not heeding it. Come on, somebody. So in order for anybody to influence you, you have to open up yourself to be influenced. Right. Otherwise, it, you could sit here, I could preach so I'm blue in the face, not make one change in one, not one change in one person. But you've come. I said, you've come. And said, Pastor, speak into me today. At least most of you. Maybe halfway into this, some of you are saying, nope, we shut her down. That's it. We're done. But the way it works, the only way the pastor has, the only way the pastor can influence you, to impact you, to impart something into you, you have to be willing to let him do it. Okay, right? Now, grace is a divine influence. It's, a God, it's God trying to influence one's heart. You have to be willing to say, God, influence me. It doesn't take much. All of it is, is really is just a yielding of just turning toward Him and just surrendering for All it takes even a split second. If God could just... See, God's the kind... He won't, he won't force himself. He won't force you know, himself on you or nothing. But if you ever crack the door, he'll just slide his foot in it. Yeah. Amen. Because he wants to influence. He wants to say, he wants to speak because guess what? He's actually got the answers. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, who would have thought? I mean, the one that knows, that made it all and knows how it all works. And so God says, listen, I've asked you to, to marry that woman. But I don't want you to do this on your own because if you do, it's going to be trouble. Because I also know you. So the only way this is going to work is you're going to have to yield and surrender yourself to me. And let me walk you through this thing so you can be the best that you can be in that area. Come on, somebody. And it works really good when both parties are involved. Come on, somebody. And both parties are doing the same thing. 
It works then. Marriage will always work. About half the congregation believe that, but that's, that's uh, listen, I know, where, I know who I'm talking, and I know we've all had things in our past and stuff, but listen, let's face it, you get God involved in any area of your life, those are the areas that work. The areas that you say, God, no, I've got this, are the areas that seem to fumble and flop and give you heartache and give you trouble. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Grace, a divine influence upon the heart. What is the heart? The heart is not talking about the blood pump. It refers to the, the, the seat of control. It means the core. It means center. It means really uh, everything, all, uh, basically all major, everything comes out of the heart. Jesus himself said everything comes out of the heart. Good, bad, and ugly. It all comes out of the heart. Amen. David brought out, amen, talking about the heart and everything coming out of the heart. Solomon talked about everything coming out of the heart of man. I mean, even all issues come out of the heart of man. Everything comes out of the heart. It could be good. The word says, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. That could be good. That could be bad. Because it's, it's all based on the heart. So what God says, the only way this thing's going to work is somewhere along the line, I have to be able to influence the seat of control in your life. If you don't let me in there, this heart will continue to do what it always does. And everything will come out. It's reflected in your life. So everything starts happening based on what comes out of here. Somebody says, no, everything around me is based on that other person. No, 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 it's not true. Because even if other people out of their heart made a mess around you, because of your heart being good and everything coming good out of your heart, you can shift everything, change everything, make it right for you. That's how it works. That's how it works. The only thing that sinks your boat is the stuff you let sink your boat. How you respond and react to something else. Have I got your attention? All right. So it still comes down to your heart. Your right here. Now, what you say, well, what's this have to do with the spirit? Has everything to do with spirit? The grace is all based, it's all spirit substance. It's spiritual power. I mean, it's God influencing you, God speaking into you. And if you let him in to influence and impact your heart, it's reflected in your heart instantly, praise God. Anything that comes alive and fills the heart, amen, is reflected. And all of a sudden, your life shifts and changes. So God is not asking you to live this life on your own. He says, let me impact your heart so you can do this thing. Amen. This is how it works. Now, let's read on here. So, I mean, where am I at here? Five, four, is that what it was? <clears throat> you have fallen from grace. Now, look at verse five. For we through the, uh-oh, through the Spirit. See, it's always through the Spirit. We through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now, it's not talking about someday you being righteous in God. Because the word is clear, you're already the righteousness of God based on what Jesus. But he is talking about making every area of your life right or made right. All right? So you're through the Spirit of God, amen, we eagerly wait for the expectation or the anticipation or the hope of everything turning around, coming into the way it should be, amen. And we do that by faith. The same thing. He's not saying anything different we read in 1 John. Not saying anything, anything different than we read in 2 Corinthians. He's saying the exact same thing. This all works. It's a work of the Spirit 
manifesting itself. Amen. If the more you let it happen, the more it happens. Put, if you will, put 2 Corinthians 3.18. Put that on the board. Okay, it kind of it kind of says the same thing. This was the end of chapter three that 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 uh, reference we read earlier. This is the end of it. He summed it up saying this. But we all with an unveiled face. Okay, in other words, now he's talking about he kind of made the comparison of Moses and Jesus and old covenant and new covenant. He says we with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now what's what's he referring to in context? He said this. This is a mirror. This is the mirror. Okay, now, when you look into a bathroom mirror, what do you see? See your reflection. See you. Okay, what he's trying to say is that if you will look in this long enough, you'll see you. Come on. And then you begin, it says here, you see, we'll look at it as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So he says, well, it's talking about the glory of the Lord. Well, who do you think you are? He's talking about you. What God's done for you, who he's made you to be. If you only knew who you are, you wouldn't struggle with half the things you struggle with. Are you hearing me? When you know that you're an overcomer, a conqueror, praise God, hallelujah, the righteousness of God, hallelujah, new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Hey, ho, Superman, here we go. If you only knew all these things, praise God, you wouldn't struggle with it. But as you begin to open up this book, you begin to see who you are, and then it says you begin to be transformed into that same image. Now, the word transform is the word we, it's metamorphic. We get our word metamorphosis, okay? So what it is is changing from one thing to a completely something completely different. And all it was because you took this word and started doing it. But listen, it isn't done because he said if you're just going to live by just the letter of the law, you're going to lose life. But it says you're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, it's progressive, keeps happening, keeps daily working. But how is it done? By the Spirit of the Lord. So he, what, we're at, what we're saying, the same thing, even where grace comes into this thing, it's no different. Every time you open yourself up to let God breathe into you, praise God, what do you have coming towards you? Not only is insight and help, but you have a thing called grace or a divine influence that will empower you, amen, praise God, and then be reflected in your life, amen, to be seen. All this works by the Spirit. All of this works by the Spirit. All of this works by the Spirit. If we won't give the Spirit a chance to do anything, then it just takes life. It just depletes you of life. But if you will let God breathe into you on a daily basis, if you will just take time, let God breathe into you. Sometimes just those moments where you just, you just settle back, take this, and then just maybe just, just through a, a conversation with the Lord or just, you know, sometimes by opening up, just say, Lord, I'm all ears. You'd be amazed at what God will start breathing into you. One word from God will change your life forever. One word. One word. all it takes and so he breathes into you amen and all of a sudden praise God you're influenced and now it reflects from your heart into your life and everybody gets to be a part of it come on somebody how do you love people 
Well, it ain't going to happen by pastor always hitting you on the head saying, love on people, will you please? Love, 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 love. There I feel edified. Right? The Word says to walk in love. Come on. But when you get the Spirit of God breathing in at the same time, you grab hold of that and you go, okay, it ain't that complicated. I just walk in love. You don't make it hard. Are you still with me? And you're being transformed now into who you should be by the Spirit of the Lord. It's going from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Every day, something's changing. Are you still with me? Now, I said what I was going to do earlier in the service. I'm going to do it now. Okay, put 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2. Give me that uh, reference up there, verse 4. Now, some of these are things we discussed several weeks back, and we're seeing this whole thing, you know, the working of the Spirit, what starts coming to us when we let the Spirit do what the Spirit do, all right? And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Everybody say human wisdom. Listen, if you're going to live by the letter, that means you're also going to live by human wisdom. I'm telling you, it's just the facts. Because it's all based on how you see it and, and you know, how it seems to you. There's a thing that seems right, but all it does is leads to destruction and death. Come on, somebody, Scripture says, because it seemed right. But if you live by the Spirit, it's no longer human wisdom you're going to live by. But, so it's not by persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, here we go. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How many want the power? I want the power. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, not uh, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Verse 7. But we speak the, here we go, the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Everybody say the wisdom of God. Now we took a week and we just talked about the wisdom and how it's readily available through the Spirit. All right? So here we are today talking, amen, if we're supposed to live by the Spirit and not by the letter, amen, one of those things that starts happening, not only does grace, this empowerment come, but all of a sudden there's wisdom for things. Hallelujah. Everybody say wisdom. Okay, what does wisdom mean? Praise God. Are you still with me or am I boring you today? All right. All right. Well, it wouldn't matter. I'll keep going anyway. All right. So anyway, uh, here we go. Wisdom. Here's how wisdom's defined. All right. It is the ability to live life skillfully. It is the ability to live life skillfully, to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. In other words, every day of your life, there is information, data, there's all kinds of uh, things that are being fed to you every day. You're just going down the highway. All you're doing is going down the highway. You're looking at things. And the whole time you're reading things. You're seeing things. I'm not just talking about reading English or some, something on a billboard, although there'll be that too. But I mean, just every day there's things going on. You see that happening, that happening, that happening, that happening. The whole time there's all kinds of this, this information. Uh, there's knowledge, data, all kinds of stuff being fed to you all the time. All the time. Okay. So now God says, listen, if you hang out with me and you live this by the Spirit, I'll be able to show you what to do with all the information you're seeing and picking up on. Because if you live it by the letter, what you're going to do is you're going to take all the information you're seeing and you're going to live it by human wisdom. And human wisdom will always end up in trouble. That's why we try to... 
We do try to you know, pass laws. If we pass this law and pass that law, it'll change. It ain't changing nothing except making it worse. Because you're still dealing with people, unrenewed people. Come on, somebody. Carnality. You're still dealing with sin. You're still dealing with all that other kind of stuff. Human thinking, human wisdom, human reasoning. And it still messes up things. Now, I'm not against passing laws. Come on now. But the point being is this. Sometimes we try to somehow, uh, you know, through uh, legalities and all kinds of stuff, try to make everything fit. And, and usually in the end, we just have nothing but more trouble. Anybody hear me? You get God involved, all of a sudden now He shows you how to take that information, take that data, take that knowledge, and begin to, uh, to apply, amen, uh, or probably gives you then the ability to live that life, praise God. Now, here we go. Wisdom is this. Wisdom is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. In the Spirit, timing's everything. Wisdom is how to successfully deal with practical affairs of daily life, whether we're talking about people, business, pressures, whatever it is that goes on, I guarantee you, if wisdom is involved, you can walk this thing out. So how does that happen? Well, it's got to be a work of the Spirit. You're going to have to, somewhere along the line, give Him an opportunity to say something. You know, prayer, believe it or not, is a, two-way street. <clears throat> Most people go into prayer, they have their set prayer, they come in, <clears throat> they do all the talking. And here you are talking to the one that knows everything, and you won't shut up long enough to let him talk. It's just a thought I'm having. I'm, you know, I mean, but it's true. Okay, we take our little bit of time. Some people don't ever, ever communicate with God. And I'm talking about Christians. I ain't talking about the world. Talking about Christians who won't even take the time during the course of a day to even commune with God at all. And somehow you get this thought that everything that happens is just God doing it, and it ain't. You got an enemy, you got a world that functions a certain way, it's a system out there that operates a certain way. And if you don't stand in who you are and draw from God, amen, I guarantee that system will run you over. And it'll take everything you got. Is anybody hearing me today? And that's just a fact. You have an enemy. And he loves and he feeds on your ignorance. I come to this church, it tells me I'm ignorant and stupid and all kinds of stuff. I tell you that guy. Listen, I'm just saying, listen, we go along the whole time. We have access to everything, and yet we use none of it. I'm, I'm for the majority, not everybody. But when we, we have access to, the, uh, to God, to the Spirit of God, all we need is some communication. Uh, amen. All, instead of you doing all the talking or, or you know, just ignoring Him all day, let God speak into you. Be amazed at what God will say. People say, I just don't believe this God talking stuff. Well, the Word says if you're His sheep, His sheep know His voice, hear His voice, and follow His voice. And the book of Hebrews says that was the problem with the children of Israel. They wouldn't, wouldn't follow the voice of God. When God began to walk them through things, they wanted to do everything their own way. And he says this in the book of Hebrews, that if, he says, how do you, even having all what you have under the new covenant, how do you even remotely think that it wouldn't be the same way for you, the same way it worked for the children of Israel in the wilderness? It'll work for you too. 
If you keep ignoring him, you keep shunning him off, you keep rejecting everything he says, then you got to understand you're going to be walking in a wilderness yourself. Nobody wants to live in a wilderness. No. The wilderness. From the point where God pulled him, wanted him to come out to worship him at the Mount, the Mount Horeb, uh, the Mount of God, to worship me. He says, you come there and you worship me. The scriptures are clear. 11-day walk from Mount Horeb to where you are looking over into the promised land. 11-day walk that turned into 40 years. Yeah. And God says, you don't think that wouldn't happen to you? That's new covenant. So you take no time. You don't commune with God. You don't even give the Spirit of God even a chance to say something, to do something in your life. Sometimes just learning to stop and pause for a minute, being still, and just, you know, as you're you're in your time of petitioning God, talking to God and making your prayer of faith, just stop in the midst of it and stop and learn to be still. Let Him breathe into you. Let Him say something. You got a divine influence, that grace, that can, that empowerment that can empower your heart and then be reflected. You got, praise God, the wisdom of God, the ability to, to walk this thing out that no matter what you got be going on around you, the Spirit of God says, hey, I get you through all that. Let me show you how to do this thing. Are you anybody with me? You know, even if you keep on going, go down to like verse 10 here. Put the verse 10 here. I kind of jump here, but let's look at this. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. What, see, what things? He's talking about things that, have been, uh, things that have been given unto them, all right? So these things now are being seen. And he says, yes, even the deep things or the mysteries, the secrets of God. There are things that God wants to share with you. There's creativity like you wouldn't believe. I mean, well, you should believe. Anyway, there's, there's all kinds of creativity that God's trying to... There, the Word even talks about witty inventions and things that God wants to bring into the earth and He wants to do it through you. But we ignore Him. Put John 16 and verse 7 up. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, right, will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. See, the whole time Jesus was trying to say that this is what it all comes down to. I'm going to pay a price. But, but see, again, I'm not asking you to do any of this in your power. Okay, so now, you guys, this is the deal, okay? The whole thing happened. The death, the burial, the the resurrection, uh, uh, the uh, whole thing that happened with the 40 days while he was on her, then the ascension that happened. The whole time he says, now listen, go to to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem, hang out there. Really, it was only a 10-day wait. He said, only a 10-day wait. From the the time of the the resurrection to the time of the ascension was a 50-day period. Hello, somebody. 40 days of it, he walked with them. 10 days. Go wait 10 days. In Jerusalem, and you'll know it when it comes. There'll be no denying it. All of a sudden, right? 120 of them. Woo! Life just got different real quick. They're different all of a sudden. They shot out of that upper room. Whoa! 
Let me in him. Let me in him. Come on. Power. He says it's to your advantage. Everything that we've talked about over the last month of what's available through the Spirit of God. Amen. The helper, the advantage, the wisdom, the mysteries, the hidden things, the deep things. Come on. The grace. Amen. Is anybody hearing me today? Everything. God is not asking any of us to live this in our own power. Well, I threw it all at you. This is how it works. This is how it works. This is how it works. Amen. Did you get something today? Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember times going along. I don't happen very often anymore. Praise the Lord. But there was a time in my life, you know, trying to do this and live this, even as a pastor. <laughs> and you get that subtle rebuke from the Lord. Are you ever going to spend any time with me? Oh, I got this. Yeah. How's that working for you? <laughs> Serious. Even pastoring a church. It's like one, one brother said, sometimes, you know, you get so busy, uh, you know, doing the work of the Lord, you forget about the Lord of the work. And it, doing the work of the Lord is made simple by hanging out with the Lord of the work. Once you hang out with the Lord of the work, all of a sudden the work of the Lord doesn't seem so complicated. doesn't seem so overwhelming. Parenting doesn't seem so overwhelming when you're letting God breathe into you every day. Some says, oh, you don't know my kid. But God does. God knows that kid better than you do. And you might be amazed what the Spirit of God will say to you concerning that kid. And it's probably something way different than you were thinking because that's where the problem's been. Hello, somebody. And all of a sudden, he says something, and it's like it clicks and it works. You declare something, you pray something, you say something. I've had things, whole things shift concerning some things with kids just with one statement. The Spirit of God spoke something in me and says, say that and only that. And you make that statement, and the whole thing shifts and changes. I mean, the temptation is to say a whole bunch of other stuff and throw a bunch of your stuff in there. The Spirit of God says, please don't. We've got enough issues. Right? Because it's being reflected. Come on. Anyway. Anyway. So one word from God can change that whole thing. Your marriage, your finance. Have you ever signed on the dotted line and wish, what the heck was I thinking? Am I the only one that's done that? Anybody ever done that? And the whole time the Spirit of God says, Don't! Don't do it! Please don't do it! Got to have it. (laughs) Have you ever stopped and thought this? 
just, I know I've said this before. For those that have been here, they've heard me say it a dozen times, I, I guarantee you. But have you ever stopped and thought about everything we need a miracle for, every breakthrough we need, every miracle we need, could have all been thwarted, changed, if we would have followed God a month ago, a year ago? Have you ever stopped? I mean, not, no condemnation, because if you need a miracle, let's get it. Praise the Lord. That's the mercy of God, right? But how much of that stuff, if the Spirit of God would have said, don't eat it. For me, it was usually, don't say that. Too late. The whole time, Spirit of God says, <laughs> you just stop and you think about all the things that if we just maybe just took five minutes, ten minutes, just got still. Because His sheep know His voice. And they hear His voice. And they follow His voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. That's a good promise. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your mercy, for your patience with us. Hallelujah. And thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for your forgiveness. We know that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us and cleanse us from all that mess. So we thank you for that. We thank you that we're accepted in the beloved, that we're loved by you, that that love has never changed. Regardless of the mistakes or the past, you're still in love with your people. And we're grateful for that. Father, I thank you that today... Some of these principles maybe are coming alive. Maybe we're getting answers. Maybe we're getting maybe the, just some clarity on some things to help us and see the value of our time spent with you, our time of choosing to live by the Spirit, by your breath, breathing into us on a daily basis. And Father, I give you praise today. Hallelujah for all the many times that you've spoke things into our lives and we gave heed to and saw the breakthroughs and saw the miracles, saw the things happening right. We thank you for that. We're setting ourselves up for more of that, praise God. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Did you get Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.